Welcome back to The Bunt, the people's podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans. My main goal is to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. (laughs) Vans is introducing a brand new shoe, the Burl Pro, featuring Vans Waffle Control. It's an honor to be talking to y'all about Bunt Pro Elijah Burl unveiling his first ever signature model for the global skate team. Elijah's fire new pro model is available worldwide February 9th, this Saturday. You know what to do, y'all. Go get that waffle control, a brand new Vans Pro Skate Innovation, delivering next level support, board control, responsive grip, and built-in cushioning to further push the boundaries of skate progression. I don't know about you, D. Jones, but I'm trying to push those boundaries, and there's no better way than with the Burl Pro. (laughs) We couldn't be happier for Bunt Gang Elijah Burl with his blessed all-terrain talent and precise control. We knew it was only a matter of time before his very own van shoe was released. Vans, off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. And now, live from Studio E, the bunt with Safer and Donovan. Another year, another Super Bowl. It wasn't as exciting as most of us had hoped for. But hey, Tom Brady did it again. Just when y'all thought he was too old, added a sixth ring to his collection. Real shit. Fuck can't front on the GOAT. You heard? The GOAT, you heard it here first. The GOAT's favorite football player of all time, Tom Brady. He's got a ring for his other hand, much like someone else we admire here at the Bunt. MJ, baby. Bill Russell. Man, Boston can't be stopped in the sports world. It's not even fair, man. Championships out their ass. Every sport. We'll get into that a little more in the rundown. Welcome to episode four of season eight. I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. As always, we got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Give us a quick little rundown of what we got going on this week. Yo, we got head honcho, big dog, Bill Strobeck in the building. What a fucking legend and a funny dude. Honor and a privilege to have him on the show. Then we going straight to the post office. Had some funny emails this week. Shouts to the people. And then you know what time it is, the rundown. We talking Super Bowl, we talking NBA. You know how we do. And like we said, it's the season of giving. It don't stop. CHPO brand back at y'all with another contest. The answer to last week's trivia question was 40,000 USD. The CHPO brand has donated to Skatistan. Those are huge numbers, baby. And now we got another skill testing question for y'all. This week, we're combining our love of sports and skating. And we want to know what are two things that Don the Nuge has in common with Russell Westbrook. The winner is going to get two CHPO watches, volume four. You know how we fucking do it. Yeah, weekly winners, balling out of control, you heard? The season of giving. So email your answers to thebuntlive at gmail.com ASAP, baby, because everyone wants some diamonds on their wrists, so don't sleep. That's right. Don't sleep. Follow your boys on Instagram at thebuntlive, on Facebook at thebunt, and send in your emails to thebuntlive at gmail.com. 
Maybe send in some audio notes too, man. We really want to hear from the people this season. So like we said, we got the visionary Bill Strobeck in the building this week. Cherry, blessed, been killing it the last couple years. But man, he's been in the game a long time. Yeah, we're going deep dive with Bill. From photosynthesis to blessed, your boy's been filming some bangers over the years. Got that magic touch behind the camera. It was fun to pick the big homie's brain. Yo, we'll see you this summer. You heard? We doing that yoga, cuz. All right, y'all. Only one thing left to do before we pop it off. I'm ahead to the fridge. Ghost, tell the people what we sipping on. Oh, let me grab a couple of Canada's premium pilsners. Steam whistle. The only buzz. man we got strobic in the building what's good bill what's happening nothing just looking at you guys on the screen (laughs) (laughs) how's your sunday going so far uh slow slow sometimes that's good for a sunday yeah no i'm excited about it not feeling like i have to really do anything today so it's like you know it's a good feeling because i feel like every day i've been doing something for the last like two and a half years really well now you're about to shut it down on the bunt you heard Let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do this. So we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Favorite sports moment was probably like something had to do with Chicago Bears in the 90s. Man, I was like like late 80s, 90s. I was like such a big fan with like Walter Payton and fucking Refrigerator Perry and those guys. (laughs) Walter Payton was like my favorite. And... That era in sports was kind of the sickest, I think. I think it's just because we were young. Maybe young kids now think, like, the shit that's going on now is sick. But for me, like, that, like, Ricky Henderson, Yankees, fucking Walter Payton, Chicago Bears, and, like, Jordan, the Bulls, and, like, Mike Tyson, boxing. Like, that era just was unreal. Big time. Before, before computer shit and all that. Like, it just... <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. This is a big time. Yeah, Wayne Wayne Gretzky. I wasn't like a huge fan of hockey though, so mm-hmm. it was just that time period, I guess. So yeah. But uh, favorite favorite skate moment? Uh, I don't know. I guess one of them is when Tyshawn. I mean, just recently won Skater of the Year. I feel like I, I feel like that might be one of the most proudest moments for me. Is just as far as like just like really working with somebody super hard on something and not even like really thinking like you know like i would put it out there like oh he's gonna get sody like just kind of like saying it just like hyping it Mm -hmm. but like really like i worked hard on everyone's part in that video like i wanted everyone to look good in it i wanted it all all be different you know like obviously ben's part's different than tyshawn's and like i worked hard on like you know, as much as they did, I worked the my end of it, like, and whatever. But, like, I felt like it just worked out and it, like, rolled, like, from beginning to end the way that it did. And I feel like Tyshawn's, you know, his part was really special. But all the, you know, I think all their parts were special. But I feel like me and Tyshawn definitely, like, worked together on that. Like, he was with me the most, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we were out at, like, 5 in the morning trying to get shit for that part. And, like, it wasn't because, like, you're going to get skater of the year it was because it felt like he really wanted to work on it at a certain point he just like kind of like dug his claws into the, the the whole deal like from the beginning the first two tricks he got was the back tail down that rail and the switch back heel down that 
that that triple set that was in the same day and that was the first two things he got for the video so it was like off that alone it's like well dude don't yeah you know he ain't ain't gonna go he ain't gonna go less than that so hopefully Mm -hmm. we got two you know this video was had a deadline and we 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 set the deadline before we started it and it, it and we it was done on the deadline you know it wasn't like we didn't extend it like it was exactly what it was supposed to be it was just sick to see him on stage and like like him crying and shit you know yeah. like he was like it was like almost like like how fucking like you know basketball players like when they win they got the yeah. trophy and they're like <laughs> they know that like i think tyshawn had all his fucking homies around him and shit and i i think i think he was just overwhelmed with it and i don't think it hit until he was actually like right there you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it was like fuck we really we really did this shit you know what i mean like we really like the 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 hard work paid off you know the hard work so that's crazy man yeah Yeah. good for him that and this was a good year to win it too because it was actually like five six seven dudes like legitimately could have yeah, won it you know like yeah. it was a tough competition this year it's so weird how they do it now like uh, you guys were around well, you guys been into skating for how long i'm 31 he's 30 okay well you guys are a little younger but when they used to do it like when it first started it was just like so-and-so skater of the year this is it you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like that's how it was it was like the magazine came out no one knew and basically you, you fucking they you know John Cardiel, Danny Way, Mike Carroll was like, there was no competition. It was just like, this dude fucking murked it this year. You know what I mean? And, you know, with skating now, like a lot of dudes are, there's so many more, like it's so oversaturated and there's so many good people. But the way they do it now is just so like wild. Like they just put randoms in there just so either, I don't know if it's like those teams give money or whatever, like. I don't know if it's like a promotion thing, but like the lot of those dudes that get picked shouldn't be in there. Like it just it's not like it's not a jock style of doing it, like the way that I think that it should be done. I think it's a very it should be like these are the five dudes, they fucking yeah. worked it. Like let's not like go through this whole like month long process of like let's get rid of these dudes. That's like I don't know. That's when it feels more sporty. You know, and Thrasher, that Thrasher ain't like that. You know, it there's like, like five that. or six dudes who I'd never even heard of. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a long list this year. Yeah, it was like fucking fifty dudes. It's like, dude, yeah. let's give it to the, these five dudes. Are getting, you knew that those five dudes were gonna be the dude? The yeah, it was just the build dudes. up for a fact. Yeah, maybe like ten people I, and then I, cut I it to five that, or something. I don't but. know. That's just I'm not the one doing it, so whatever. But if I was the one doing it, it would be like, hey, these five dudes were the dudes this year. You know. And that's yeah. even a lot. It should be like, hey, this dude won it. Like, I like the surprise when they used to do yeah. it back in the day. Just like, make the fucking, decision yourself. I just like when it was like, yeah, when it was like, hey, those dudes could have just been like, they could, they just could have picked it themselves kind of thing. And it would have just kind of eliminated the whole, I don't know. Everything's based on hype nowadays. Like fucking, it's so, it's such a changed deal kind of thing. How do they find out? Is it like a legitimate surprise when like, when Phelps showed when up, Phelps at- shows up? That was a legit, that was a little, there's a, the story behind that was New York Times is going to do something with, with me and Tyshawn about like the whole video. It was such a like, you know, cause it was like all over the city. Todd and Kyle in the offices reached out to the dude that was doing the, the story on us. And he, they were like, 
you know, we're going to surprise them with skater of the year, but we can't just tell them to link it. It was like, it was pretty cold out. Mm-hmm. It was just like that time of the year where it was changing. So it was like, we didn't really like want to go sit outside somewhere, you know, but they were like, they used the New York Times dude to oh. like be like, hey, he wants to interview. Let's just meet over at that place where we filmed Killer, like the, the Tompkins Park or West, you know, 6th Ave and Houston Street. So Tyshawn had to come from the Bronx and I was at the office already. And uh, Todd was just kind of like, yo, let's go. Let's go get a coffee or something. I was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And then we went and got a coffee we started walking over there and the new york times dude was there so i was like already like oh let's do you know we're about to like do the interview whatever tyshawn shows up and gets out of his car and he's just looking like we had just got back from the tour so we were super jet lagged from like japan and all that like dude it's it's evil the jet lag from from (laughs) over there it's like fucking evil i'm really bad with jet lag too so whatever but you could tell Tyshawn was super tired and he's like walking up and he's just looking like all slouched and like whatever and I'm like you know me I'm like yo the fucking New York Times dude like this is this is huge like so I walk over I'm like dude what's your deal like fucking pick your head up like let's do this like it's a fucking New York Times dude you know what I mean and to him he probably doesn't even know like he probably isn't like aware of how big that is but like if you get some a big big thing on you in the New York Times that's crazy so I'm like Dude, he's like, I'm tired, though. And I'm like, dude, no, like, pick it up right now. So he goes and sits down. The dude starts asking us questions. And he's just kind of, like, mellow for a sec, you know, for the first few minutes. And then I'm like, you know, help. I'm just, like, answering shit. And then he's asking Tyshawn shit. And then I sit down on the bench next to him. It's so fucking random how it worked because it worked out so perfectly. But uh, Gons, Gons comes in. With with uh, Johnny Wilson like filming him and uh, and uh, they pull up and like it may I felt like they were out just maybe they're out just getting an Instagram because sometimes we'll just like go out and film shit like like go meet up with Mark we need an Instagram let's go like try to get mm-hmm. something cool like you know kind of that type of shit and so it felt like that and I'm like what are you guys doing like it, it felt like Todd. Todd Jordan, by the way, was like, hey, we're up the street. You guys are up the street. Just come over and say what's up kind of thing. You know what I mean? And when they pulled up, it almost felt like they were just kind of up the street, just trying to film or like going around filming shit. So I was like, you know, I was like, what are you guys doing? And then uh, he's like, oh, we're just trying to film an Instagram. So I was like, it made the most sense. Uh, And then Mark had like a bag of uh, with like three boxes of sneakers in it. And he was just like you know to Tyshawn like dude what size shoe are you and uh and he was like oh I'm an eight and there was like a seven five there was an eight like they like there was a few sizes in there and he gave them to him and there were these like I don't know if they were like Stan Smiths or something but he painted his like the Gons flowers on them and they looked super sick so he was like he like gave them to him and then he was trying them on and then and and then Mark was like, "Congratulations on getting Skater of the Year!" And I was just kind of like, "What?" And he was like, "I mean, he's like, I mean, getting nominated for it." And then he was like, <laughs> "Oh!" And then Tyshawn's like, "Oh, thank you." And then uh, and then he's like, "You might want to talk to this guy right here." And we, we both looked over because he was tying the shoes, so he wasn't paying attention. And then we both looked over, and Phelps was walking in, and I was like, "No fucking way!" Like, you know what I mean? Because why was he there? You know, he was obviously yeah. there to give him that, and we were like, you know. I was kind of dumbfounded at first, and then I was like, dude, get up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just like one of those things where he's like, he's super low key and mellow. Like, 
it might not seem like he seems excited, but no, he's fucking, oh, he's yeah. psyched. You know what I mean? Like when he was on stage at the, at that thing, like when he broke down, I was like, I knew it was going to kick. I knew it was going to kick it. Cause like a week or two went by and he's like, I'd see, he'd come down to my house or something. He'd be like, Oh, I forgot he even got that shit. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like no one, like it kind of like calmed down after he got it for like a week after that. And he was just like, when he was on stage, I think it was just kind of like, all his friends were there, like we were all there, like everyone came there for him. Yeah. Either he's a good actor or it just really hit him. I think, you know, I think it's the later, so. Oh, that's big, man. Yeah. Like you said, it's oversaturated as fuck now, so it's, it ain't easy to get that shit. Nah, it ain't, it ain't easy and, you know, and then just like, you know, you start seeing all the shit like on Instagram, all the people talking shit, all the people like loving it. It's like, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. I'm sure it's a lot for a kid that's 20 to like handle. It's like you you see people saying like he don't fucking deserve it and like dude, I was there for every minute of that, man. Like that the that shit that he did in that video it's insane. didn't take him fucking it didn't take him two tries. Like that we there was days of going back to certain things like it was it was all he worked hard like you know what i mean and it's not to say that any of those other dudes didn't work hard everyone those other dudes deserved it but it's just like the mentality like kids really kids are really crazy about skaters of the year now like it's like this thing it's like a thing it's like the fucking (laughs) oscars but no one it's like the oscar but no one's getting any extra money or any like you're not making millions you know what i mean it's just the it's the poor man it's the poor man's fucking golden globe basically (laughs) The audience wasn't there f- to see what I saw in person and what he had to go through. And, like, I showed a little of what he had to go through with the security and all that shit. And uh, But there was a lot of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like he's not leaving a fucking spot that we're, we flew to a different country. When we've been there at 730 in the morning, you know, the double set in Paris, we were there the day before he was landing on it. It started pouring out. Like, and he tried it a couple times in the rain, but then it that ground is just too slippery. Yeah, so dangerous. he's like, better be ready at 730 in the morning. I'm going back because he had to fly back to go to street league that day, the next day. So he's like Jesus. 730, be up, like whatever. Ne- you know, phones by my head. Next thing you know, zzz, zzz, fucking, oh, shit. Like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting ready. Um, you know, photographer there, me. I think K-Rod was there. Nakel was there. Johnny was there. And uh we were up, you know, we up that early. He starts trying it, probably like six or seven tries in. He like lands on one, shoots out. Then he's landing on them. And then, uh, you know, probably like 45 minutes, an hour go by. And he's just, you know, dude, that thing's huge. It don't look as big in video as it is. You see that in person, it's far. The only thing good about it is the ground is smooth. So if you like fall, you slide out, like whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an hour goes by and he's just like, fuck, man, I'm fucking like it's um, my legs are killing me. Like this is fucking, you know, he's sore. Uh, he's like, dude, I don't know if I could try it anymore. And we're like, dude, whatever. You gave it a good whirl, whatever. He hits up like the dudes at Adidas hits them up. Like I can't even make street league. Like I'm so fucked. Like he had to go to street league the next day or something. Hits them up and they're they're like banking on him going or I don't know if they are, but like some it seems like they wanted him to go like you know it was just good good for him to go and uh he was just like i can't even hardly walk like whatever and uh he's sitting there against the wall probably like 
you know, 15 minutes goes by and he's like, does anybody have any like aspirin or anything like that? The, the photographer dude had some on him and he, he's like, oh, here, I got, I got the aspirin, whatever. And uh, Tyshawn takes them to 10 minutes go by and he's like, dude, I feel, I don't, I don't feel anything. I feel good. Like whatever. <laughs> so he goes back, starts trying it. Maybe like 10 tries later, he's landing on them, landing on them, like literally coming close, like rolling away and shooting out like. The tries are amazing, actually, which I had them in the video, but then I, I took them out because it just made it way too long at that point. And, uh, but one day I'll, I'll show you guys those. They're, they're, they're so fucking sick. And then uh, so then he's trying it, land on it, and that's when the security guards pu- come up and they, like, put those gates there. Yeah. And then he's just – he's more like, nah, you know, and you see in the video. Mm-hmm. In the footage, he's just like – you're not stopping me from doing this. I've come here. This is my last day. I've tried it for mad long. And, you know, like, and then the event, you know, eventually he does it. And then that's when you see him, like, go up to that security guard. And in the video, you could tell the security guard was kind of like, you could tell he was kind of like, he smirks a little bit when he's, when Tyson's happy, says man. It. Yeah. He's just like, he's like, yeah, like, you know, he might have gave me some shit, but, like, it's pretty sick that he got he did it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but then we went home with it. He didn't have to go back to Paris at the end of the video and, like, try it again, like... Mm-hmm. So that was an epic clip. I think my favorite clip in that whole video was the Nolly Hard Flip. First the, clip. Oh, yeah, the Nolly Hard Flip when Knock comes around the corner. That was one of... The, there's a few tricks in the video that I was like, we have two years, I imagine this. Could you please get, you know, please get it. Nakel, that was one of them. It was like, because in the last video, uh, the, yeah. you know, pussy gangster, he falls, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I only imagine you running around the corner at the beginning of this video and landing that. And then we start the video and he was just yeah. like, I'm down. Perfect. I was like, dude, if you land it, you're the first, basically first thing in the video. He was out there trying that. And I think he stayed an extra day and then he did it. I was fucking like blown. I was I didn't Johnny filmed that, but uh I was here and they FaceTimed me right when he landed it. And like you could tell like I could tell everyone was so fucking hyped. <laughs> and uh and and when they hit me up and I they showed me through the like they showed me through FaceTime on the camera. And I was like, "No." Like, you know, I was fucking <laughs> o- super overjoyed cuz I was like, "That's it." Like we got the start of the vid- of the video, you know. And it was sick because Knock stayed next to Jay. Knock, Knock knew that I wanted it, and I know that Knock wanted to get it, but it was like, it's just something you can't just do. Like, that took him a bit yeah. to get And, like, we're starting our video with a fucking banger, you know what I mean? Let's do this. Super proud of him. Hey, ghosts. I know we're stuck in the middle of winter right now, But I'm always thinking about that spring and summer sunshine. And one thing that I'm always worried about is whether to rock shorts or pants when I go skating, man. Whether you go short or long, Brixton's got you covered with the Steady. Brixton's most comfortable walk short and pants yet. Their loose fit and elastic waist makes it ideal for maximum comfort in any situation. You dig what I'm saying? So let me get this straight. With Brixton, you're saying I can go with shorts or pants and I'm going to be comfy in every situation? Most comfortable yet, fool. What does that mean to you? The wide tapered leg elastic waist pant made in 5 ounce, 100% cotton canvas? 
bruv, you can't go wrong. All right, man. You've got me sold on the Brixton Steady Comfort. I'm heading over to Brixton.com to get a pair of my very own. Growing up in New York, tell us about the early days and how you eventually got into skating. I don't even know. Oh, actually, I lived in, I did live in Watertown for a little bit because I lived with, my mother um, is schizophrenic and she got really sick when I was probably like eight or ten, like around that time. She got like sick and like, like hospital wise kind of sick and I had to move in with my aunt and my uncle, so they lived in Watertown. So I moved to Watertown for like two or three years. Um, and I, while I was up there, I'm not sure what came first. If I like saw a magazine with skateboarding or if it was like something like Skate TV, which was on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. But I saw something and uh, I was just like, wow, what's this? Like, you know what I mean? And uh my aunt ended up getting me a skateboard from Kmart and it was a, a Veriflex or a Volterra. I don't know. It was one of those two, but it was really cool. It was like around that time when like Santa Cruz did the slime balls wheels and it was like very like puke and like, you know, <laughs> rad looking dude, cartoon dude. You know what I mean? It was like kind of like that type of shit. But she got me that skateboard and there was a kid in my neighborhood that skated and uh, he had speed freaks on video and i used to go over and watch it all the time and i used to watch mike mike Vallely's part which oh, was sick. like my favorite fucking part in that video i mean tom knox now is kind of my favorite part in that video but back then mike Vallely was just he was just so sick like in like i and ban this and that that video i don't know i got into skating kind of through that so what was your first big break in the skate industry how'd you get into filming my first big break was kind of just filming around filming around philadelphia i just had like a camera that my grandmother got me and i would film the kids that i was just kind of hanging out with and just being down at love like i was down there no matter what even if i had a camera or not i was down there skating or kicking it it's like one of those things like when i moved to philly i moved to philly i had this girlfriend this girl that i met there and i moved in took a greyhound and moved in with her and i was kind of just staying with her and i had the option of being like Oh, I'm just going to get on a Greyhound back to Syracuse. But I was just kicking it with her. And every day, like, she would go to school because she went to UPenn. And I would just skate down to love and just see what was going on down there. And kind of just roll with other skaters that didn't weren't working. or just, like, We just, you know, it's skateboarding. You roll with whoever you see if you're like, mm-hmm. if you want to, you know. Every day um, could be a little different. Yeah. But there was the same crew of kids that, like, you knew they were going to be down there, you know? They were, like, they weren't, like, no one was working. Everyone was just getting by. Like, if you could get a slice of pizza, you're chilling, you know? And you got, like, you know, if you could just, man, I don't have any, you know, can I, you know, give me a dollar or something, you know? Like, whatever it was, like, you could get by, you know? Like, for me, like, my grandmother would send me a little money here and there. Like, and that would, like, I would make it last. Like, a Wawa iced tea and a fucking pretzel or something you know whatever it took to just make sure that you had another day under your belt kind of and uh i don't know it kind of started with me just filming like kids and then like whatever like one day i was down there and stevie was kind of like yo dude could you film me like i'm trying this thing like you have a camera i was like had a camera no one else did and just doing that and then probably like a couple and then i was kind of like dang this is cool like you know I'm, you know, filming Steve, you know, and, and that was like in my head, like such a big thing. But he was just so mellow and cool. Like, hey, could you film this? And like, probably like twenty tries later, he's like, oh, I'm cool. Like, I'm, I don't want to try it no more. Or <laughs> he would get it, you know. 
and uh probably like a month later or something i got my that camera got stolen i was like down at the bottom where wenning did the like switchback 780 nose grind pop out like around the fountain part Mm-hmm. I was just down there skating by myself and I had the camera in like this army duffel bag and I just had it there. And uh, I was like, I like skated around to the other side and I look over and this fucking homeless dude is just running with my bag. And I like Fuck. chase him, I'm, like, like chasing him through the park and everyone sees me. And I'm just like, you know, I'm like, fuck, like chase this dude out. He stole it. Eventually I, I got him arrested <laughs> and his name... <laughs> I've I've said this in other interviews, but it's super funny. His name is Method Bomb because he had one fake eye, like Method uh-huh. Man in that like Bring yeah. the Pain video. It's just super funny to think. But I actually had to go to court, and that dude was in court, and uh, they like actually locked because he had like a bunch of like warrants or felonies or whatever, and they actually locked him up for a little bit. And then he, the funny thing is, he got back out like probably like seven months later or something he would just be kicking at the park i'd be there didn't even think twice about each other or nothing so whatever uh, but i started filming then and then my girlfriend offered to loan me money to get a vx 1000 and at first Damn. i want i wanted the, the the sony hiate instead like in my head i was like no nah, that one's sick i like the way it looks like i don't know the vx 1000 was too new like too yeah. modern that I was like, nah, I don't know, should we? Like, whatever. And then I was just thinking, like, somebody had told me, like, dude, you really should get the VX1000. If It's going to be, like, everyone's going to be using it and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't get the old one because if every, everyone starts using the VX1000, then I got this old one, no one's going to film. Yeah. So whatever, she took me to a Sony outlet in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which was, like, the Amish, you know, tax-free. So uh-huh. I went out there and bought a, refur- <laughs> bought a refurbished one uh and came back and then i was like literally didn't use it for like two months like just kind of like left it at the house like i was like super shook of it getting stolen just because it was like you know down there it was really easy like things happened frequently down there you know it was a park that everyone hung out at and like and it was just a bunch of scragglers man just everywhere like skaters that were scragglers and like homeless dudes and like it's crazy, but I yeah, I kind of just got into it like that. I started filming, and then I and then uh, filming with Steve with that other camera, and then I you know, I eventually was just starting to film with Pulowski, who was just you know he was just like a new dude on Ele- like starting to be a new guy on Element, and he was like really like cutthroat with friends and shit. He was just like he was if he you know if he was psyched on you, you rolled with him, but he was very like dude, I don't want to go with those guys. Let's just like me, you and like two, you know, he just, he felt more comfortable being with a couple of his friends than rolling with like the dope dudes all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He just wanted to get his own shit started. And, and me and him, like, even if we weren't skating, we were all kicking it, just talking shit. Like seriously, if you were at love and you were walking into love, you had a nickname, right? First foot in love. You already had a nickname. Like there was like, (laughs) It was just that funny, like, you know, it was such a good time and like kind of like a weird middle, like early age upbringing kind of thing. You know, skaters always talk shit on each other, but like, dude, Philly was, they're the best at it, dude. (laughs) They were the best at it, like at that time period, like, dude, because we would all make fun of each other so much. But like when, when some random like new dude from out of town walked in, dude, I swear to God, there's like four nicknames out the boom. We'd all be like laughing, like it was so good. <laughs> it's just one of those things, but yeah, I started like that basically, and then really got into it like when Josh did that backside flip over the two cans, kind of around that time. 
I had filmed it and he like liked my angle, but uh, my angle was just, it wasn't that good. But I, th- Josh is down for the like the dudes, you know what I mean? Like the dudes that chilling and especially dudes that don't have anything. Josh is the first dude to like, I want to hook this dude up. You know what I mean? Like he's just down here every day skating like and like whatever. He was just, you know, he's down for the crew, you know, like the people mm-hmm. around, you know. Right. He'll hook anyone up. He's that's something really special about Josh and um he just liked my shit and then Kastrusi was there filming and somebody else and then and then when Joe went back to Ohio he just hit me up and he's like, "Hey, would you want to start filming for us? We need someone in Philly. I can't be there all the time." And I was just like, I'm down. And like right then, he's like, "Hey, we could start paying you. Like we'll start on like a like a a daily retainer for Damn. any day. That, yeah, which was sick. And uh, and uh, because I didn't have any income, I actually <laughs> actually I did. I actually was working at that time. I had work. I started working at a pizza place called Bertucci's, which all the skaters worked at. But it was like I delivered pizzas, and I'd like worked there for a week or like a, two weeks and. Uh, then they hit me up about that job. I quit college, which I was starting to do, and I quit working at Batucci's that day. Damn. I was like, because I was like, I'm getting this chance. All right, now I'm, I'm going to do it. Probably like a year later, I was like filming everyone. Went from like, this dude's going to start helping film to like me kind of like corking dudes a little bit. Like, hey, like, I can't go out with you today. I'm going out with somebody. You know, it was just kind of <laughs> real. And like, there was a lot of competition in Philly because Philly was getting big, real big. And like dudes were like, you know, there was, it was young and like dudes were popular, you know, like Carrie, Josh were really popular. And like all the other dudes were pretty popular, like winning a Papalardo and it just got real. It was a, it was an interesting time and it was one of the most amazing times for sure. Like, dude, that whole park we had, we had it on lockdown. We knew when to go. We knew when we had to leave. We knew everything. There was a thing called like three o'clock ambush that at three o'clock every day, they sent two uh, undercovers there. And you knew, we knew who they were because we were there so long, but there was, you know, on a Saturday, there was probably like 60 kids there. So half of them didn't know the undercovers, but we knew them. (laughs) So we're like, oh shit, the undercovers cross the street. Let's go. But like, a lot of kids didn't and a lot of kids got caught you know what i mean it's like it's amazing i don't know it was just fun you know that type of shit where you're just you know you knew to go to that place every day because you knew you were gonna see some type of shit mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, that's the best what was it like when Popolardo and wenning hit the scene i felt like there was like a cool good like good energy you know what i mean they were kind of like didn't know kalis and all those dudes and i did so they were they you know asked me a bunch of questions Kind of how, like, you know, these guys would ask me about Dill or something. Like, dude, what was it like? You know, when I first met them or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what are these guys like or whatever? But it was it was really cool seeing them come up. And, dude, they blew up really quick. That trade show loop. Because back then, you didn't see footage. It wasn't you could go online and watch footage. It was like yeah. everyone goes to those trade shows, which they don't even go to those things really anymore. No. But everyone would go to those trade shows hoping to see some new shit. And they had the trade show loop there, which was really big for Anthony and and Brian, dude, everyone was like, these are the dudes, you know what I mean? Like it was like, after that, it was like fucking DC asked them to like ride for them. Like they had got all these sponsors, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Papalardo got on Elwood and I don't know. It just like, it just rolled like that. They got big quick. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then photosynthesis came out. And then right then after that, you know, Pablardo was already was like, I got leftover footage or within the first few weeks after photosynthesis, Pablardo got a bunch of shit. So that's when we started working on the Transworld part. I hit up, I think, Greg Hunt or Ty. I don't know. I forget who was making that one, but they were like, let's do it. And he was like super psyched because it gave him something to do. Um, but yeah, those guys got huge. You know, they were making a lot of money. So what was it like when Alien broke up and you started to see everyone go their separate ways, starting up their own companies like F.A., Quasi, Sovereign? Well, it was awesome. It was sick because I felt like shit was getting stale. And, you know, we all have love. I still love Alien Workshop. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I still look at all the stuff that we did when we were there and look at a lot of the stuff before it. Especially a lot of skating shit before I started working in it is the shit that I still like to this day. It's like the shit that I grew up being like mm-hmm. psyched on and like sweated that shit. You know what I mean? Like early New York, early Philly still is just amazing. Like the all the like Wolf's shit in Philly is awesome. You know, Freddy, uh, all, all that shit is just, you know, Ricky, Matt, Stevie. When, you know, Stevie didn't have that much money, I, I just thought he, he just, he looked so authentic, you know? It just, everyone before they get a lot of money is the sickest, you know what I mean? <laughs> even, even filmers, every, every, when you're struggling and when you're like busting your ass because you know you're trying to make it, like you, you project a lot of fucking just <clears throat> natural, cool, tough looking, gritty shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's like, at that time when Wolf was filming Easter Exposure and shit, he wasn't making a lot of money. Like, dude, probably not making that much at all. And not that you needed money for, that much money for rent back then, but Philly was rugged, dude. You know what I mean? Philly still is rugged. But oh, dude, yeah. then it was, it was, I didn't feel unsafe there, but like <laughs> you could walk around and be like, all right, yeah, something could pop off at any moment, you know? And you had to be ready for it. And I just feel like, the footage just is so sick. Like not early '90s footage, mid '90s is so sick. And then everyone's st- then there was a lot of money coming into the shit, and they had made those like bulky ass shoes, and everyone just looked like they had more money. And like Deirdre had those <laughs> fucking diamond fucking key fucking necklace, like a workshop key, honeycomb necklace. Like dudes just had money, you know. When and and it was cool at the time, but when I look back on that time period. It, it just looks like that. It definitely looks like that time period when stuff before that looks like like stuff this time period could look like stuff pre bulky shoes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like dudes can wear half cabs now and look like probably like more so like the early 90s, you know, and I like that. I don't think things I, I never thought things should change, really. You know what I mean? I, and and uh, there's always change in everything. You know what I mean? But when something's sick, like, why change, you know? I think people just need to, like, move around and kind of try stuff. And But you did see, like, a kind of, like, comeback of, like, the 90s era a little bit for a little bit, really. Mm-hmm. You know? It felt like, oh, the 90s are back. Like, in everything, everyone was, like, saying, like, the 90s are back. Like, you know I mean? <laughs> But it's just, like, dudes just want to wear plain shit again. Like, you're kind yeah. of, like, that's just, it. that type of shit looks timeless. You know, that's the way I see it. Man, I'm stuck in my Dipset 4XL phase, man. That's what I'm trying to get back to. Hey, man, I ain't, I ain't judging you, dude. You do, you do your thing. You do your thing, man. No, I'm just kidding.
Can you tell us about the days when you were in New York, kind of not paying too much attention to skating, and uh, Jake Johnson kind of re-sparked your drive to film and get out there? I was too busy having fun in New York and partying, living my <laughs> fucking life to really care what was going on with skateboarding. And when I, Jake kind of gave me some new light as far as like, like, wow, this dude is fucking sick and uh, he makes me psyched about skateboarding, but everything else felt stale. That's just how I felt. And uh, mm -hmm. he was some new light into some like, this is some shit. And I worked with him super hard and he was down to like, listen to like my ideas. Cause I knew he was good enough to do crazy shit. And he really, the only, one of the things that he did where, which I was just like, was on the, we were at that spot when he did that wall ride. He literally was there. We were just looking at that double set and he was just like, I think I can wall ride this. And he wall rid to the last set of stairs and like, and I was like, holy shit, dude, seriously? Like five tries later, he was rolling away and fucking blew up. Jeez. Obviously blew everyone's mind. It definitely blew my mind. We And I turned around and Abe was standing there. And I, and I think Abe was just kind of dumbfounded. Like he did that. Yeah. And then the next day it was Jake's birthday and he did the switch wall ride, his last trick. And I, Abe was there for both of them. And I think Abe went home and literally told Dill, like, this dude, Jake, is fucking unreal. Like this, this dude's... <laughs> He I didn't think everyone was kind of skeptical of Jake, like everyone on the team, because he would go on trips and not skate in front of everyone. He was kind of like too, like maybe just not so new to that type of shit that he was kind of, you know, he'd be on trips with like Heath or whatever. And I, maybe he was just like, this is crazy. I'm not, you know, he's not used to being around these people that were like big time, you know, I think right. and oh, everyone's yeah. kind of like wondering if he's going to do something, you know, so <laughs> When he did those things, I think Abe went back and was like, holy fuck, like, this dude is unreal. Like, this, this, I think his part's going to be psychoist, you know? And, uh, like I said, I was, like, not really involved with skating that much. I kind of was just involved with Jake and Dill for that video. And anything about the video other than that, I was just in New York having fun and, like, doing other shit. Like, kind of kicking it with people that didn't skate and, like... I don't know, kind of doing my thing. And around that time is when I made that video with Papalardo too, because Fully Flared, Fully Flared had come out and they didn't use that, uh, they didn't use a lot of the, his footage. So I had all this footage and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to make my own video with it. And that's really around the time YouTube just had started, like a, a little after that, but it was early YouTube. And I remember making that uh, video with him and people were psyched on that, you know, people were hyped. And, and I think that was just kind of like, for me, that was like a changing point. Like, I don't have to do this for other people. I don't have any money anyways. So why not take footage that I have already and make these videos. And from that, I eventually like had my own brand in a way, you know, not that I was mm -hmm. getting money from it, but I was just like, fuck it like why does it i want it i want it to be seen the way that i want it to be seen and i love all the workshop shit but that was definitely like greg's vision jo uh, joe's vision you know what i mean uh, of workshop you know and i was just like on some like i just want it to look like what i think you know it should look like in new york and Popolaro is such a interesting cool looking dude you know what i mean so and he was just so fun to be around and like he's just got a good sense of humor and he was you know he was down to get a little more for that thing and we made that and it popped off, you know? And then after that, I had all that extra footage of Josh and Stevie at Love and I made that that clip Pigeon 
And I was just like, dude, why don't I just do this? And yeah. eventually that worked that worked up until now, you know. I'm still doing mm-hmm. just my own kind of video, you know. So I have somebody to back it now. I don't have to like you know, like be broke, you know. So how did you get hooked up with Supreme and eventually make two full length videos, which is pretty rare in skateboarding these days? Yeah. Um I got hooked up through a kid that grew up upstate, this dude Kyle, uh Kyle Demers and he started working for them and right when he started he was just kind of like you know let's try to do some skate shit you know what i mean i think that's something that like they had like pushed aside you know streetwear thing was kind of like really big like starting to be big and like all that shit was kind of like whatever and they didn't have anybody to skate like i think working in the offices maybe maybe there was some kids but kyle kind of came in and was kind of like dude, we have this big platform, like, what's up? Like, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's do, you know, they didn't have a, they didn't have a team. They had all the kids that worked at the shops and stuff, which are all skaters and, and stuff like that. But, uh, there's no team or nothing, you know, but I had talked to somebody at the shop and I was like, Hey, if you guys ever want to do a full length, like hit me up. And, you know, it never, it never came back to me or anything, but it was like one of those things, like I was starting to make all those videos, you know, with like Gons and Dill and like Papalardo and like, you know, dudes that I would think would represent what we're doing in New York, you know, basically that's what it is. Like I was working with Mark a lot and like kind of staying at Mark's house at the time because I didn't have an apartment and he would like leave for a couple of months and I would just be, they were just like, Hey, can you like stay here where you can stay here for free? Like whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Mark was just like really fucking cool. and like down to go film any day around that time, like 2010 or 11, like around then. So but uh, Kyle just hit me up and was like, hey, would you be down to try to go out with, uh, you know, Dill and, T- and this kid Tyshawn for just this weekend and see what you can make out of it? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, whatever. Kind of like, kind of like in my head, I'm like, you know, Supreme doesn't do anything like that. You know, the last thing that they did mm-hmm. was a Love Supreme that Thomas Campbell did. So I was just like, yeah, for sure. Let's go try, you know. And uh, I met up with Tyshawn and he, he came to the shop to meet me. And he was just like, yo, I'm like, hey, what's up, man? I'm Bill. He's like, Tyshawn, like, you know, like just little fucking really little, like 13. But it was cool because he already kind of felt it felt like he already felt really confident. Like he wasn't like shy dude in the corner. Like he was straight up like, what's good? Like Tyshawn, like, yeah, like, let's go. Let's go (laughs) skate around. It was just me, him. I think actually Frankie Spears was just with him because they grew up skating together. I think he's probably like brought... He would, like, bring... He still does that, brings all his friends. But, like, at that time, he, like, brought... I think he brought Frankie one of those first days. And we were just skating around. And he was just being a goofy little kid. Like, real goofy. Like, he's the same kind of kid now, but, like, older and kind of crazier with it. But he was, like, just being such a goofball. And, uh... But he was good. And, like, that second day, Nolly flipped into courthouse, age 13. It was so fucking sick. So when I got that, and then the next day, I think we did Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and the next day, he nose-grinded the Terminator rail, which was super sick, but, and then Dill did that line, and uh, was was doing that line where he did the back three on flat, and Tyshawn was there, and it was just, whatever, the way I, the song I, the, the, the track I picked, and the way I made it, I felt like was very fitting to what the company is, and it was kind of like, 
this is my chance to kind of do something with with Supreme and they were hyped, you know. And it got like really good feedback, like they were super hyped and like li- like a month later, what's up? You want to try to do a full length? And I was like, let's do it. Let's do Crazy. it. I don't have to, you know, I was just like just kind of make sure that I get, you know, have money and like it wasn't a lot, you know. It was just like mm-hmm. Let's see how it goes for the first three months, you know. I go to fucking, uh, I go to Paris with Dill and and Gons, and like those two are both like on one. Like, just felt like it was sick though. Like, I was like psyched. Dill was psyched, and Mark was like super out there around that time. Like, I don't know, he was going through some shit or something. But like, that's when I filmed him driving the car, which I stayed. I didn't put it in Cherry, but I like say I had it still because it was really long. But, like, that was the first 20 minutes after he picked me up. We were, like, bolting through fucking, through Paris, like, crazy, like, doing fucking donuts in the middle of the highway and shit. Like, dude, he and was... And then you're pulled over. Yeah, pulled over. <laughs> but um, that trip was really unreal. Uh, those two were just, like, Mark was being real competitive and... They, Dill wasn't having it and Mark was kind of wild and Dill was getting crazy and like it just was a wild time and I remember coming back from that being like dude am I going to be able to do that this like this is, <laughs> this is crazy like they were just on one but looking back now on the footage it's a, it's all awesome like that I have all oh, yeah. that on film like dude I spent a lot of time with them like 10 days or 12 days and like filmed them just there's probably a lot of footage no one's ever seen and like they're just it, it was interesting to look it's it would be interesting to look back on that stuff but it was a crazy ride that time when I came back showed them and it, it was just like oh this is cool like what do you think you know I was like I'm kind of thinking about going out to LA like Dill let me stay at his crib and kind of go from there and when I went out there that time to LA like probably like a week after that like I would be at the shop and like Nakel and Sage and them were just kind of like hanging at the shop like they were really young but they would be like they're like setting up boards or they, it was just like they didn't feel like a staple there but they were allowed to like kick it in the back or whatever you know what I mean back mm-hmm. room or whatever and just they were just kind of like sit there and ask questions and like when they when I started hanging out with them it felt like they already knew who I was kind of thing so they would like ask me questions and shit and I'd be like and then eventually probably like a couple weeks in like I was like hey if you guys want to go out like with us sometime like come out with us and dude sure enough the next day Sage was texting me like yo what are you doing like can I can I meet (laughs) up like you know just real curious and real interested and just seemed cool then I would be like rolling with Sage Aiden Nakel this kid Lucian and like all these dudes I'd be rolling with them and I'd be like wow these kids are so much more like they're just have that thing where they're just young and they don't know what the fuck's going on and they just seem so much doper to like capture than like somebody that has kids and can only come out for a couple days like i just felt (laughs) like or like somebody that's just like it just felt very organic and cool and like no one knows these kids and these kids are just so curious and they're really like you know they're pretty good you know what i mean and like like Sage the first day or second day I filmed him he impossible to table which was like yeah. crazy you know what I mean even though Dylan had already done it it was just like wow if Sage could do that like imagine him in a year you know like and those dudes all killed it in that video man like seriously mm-hmm. rewatch Cherry and like I rewatched it not too long ago because Supreme had put it on their like 
uh, like their IGTV thing. And uh, dude, those kids went off. Like Nakel did that gap to Feeble and and uh, oh, KB yeah. kick flipped over that wall, which was fucking psycho. And Lips lid that double that double sided hubba. Tyshawn mm-hmm. did the fucking 50 on that rail and he did the switch backside flip down that indoor tent. Like stage 50'd up that rail. They all did crazy shit, man. It was it was sick, man. It's 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 crazy cuz they're they're adults now compared to that, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. Like Aiden mm-hmm. at that schoolyard looking how young he looks then, dude. He's like a man now. He's like not a kid like that, you know. It's cool to know that I captured that, you know what I mean? That I feel like really like proud of, of myself for being aware to find all these interesting people in my life kind of thing you know like dill gons these kids fucking jake like everyone's just so their personalities are just so cool and and wild man they got, <clears throat> that's a crazy combo but you you made it work every time with the videos i work fucking hard and a lot of my life <laughs> dude seriously those those videos are not easy to film it's not like dude I don't know. It's just they're, they're, you live them, dude. Seriously, you live them because not every day you're getting stuff and you got to like, you got to be around these like really strong personalities all the time. And, and I love it too. You know what I mean? Like I love it, but there are times where like, as anybody that films would be just like, oh, just like, I just need to like hide for like a fucking week (laughs) and turn (laughs) off everything. And and but because you're getting just hit from with personalities all fucking day like i don't want to do this dude's getting mad dude's fucking stressing dude's super hyped somebody lands something everyone's fucking you know it's like it's up and down like crazy you're dealing with kids you know what i mean like 20 fucking one year olds like to like 26 or 25 like those age groups man i was the, i know what it's like to be those that age and it's crazy and fun and wild and dude it's unreal <laughs> it's a lot you know as i get older you know i'm I, i'm 40 so i know how to move through all that you know what i mean like i've i've kind of mastered it you know what i mean because they, they they just think of me as like their homie you know what i mean they're not like oh who's this fucking like you got to be friends with them to get that type of stuff out of them. They're not going to just give yeah. that to like, oh, we're sending this dude out to film you guys, dude. They're not going to be the same person. They're just, they can just do whatever they want. Like they just treat me as like this, like buddy kind of like they can, they're crazy, man. They'll walk out They can walk all over me too. You know what I mean? At times, <laughs> like I'm not like some, like you got to do that. Like I'm like, just, it is what it is, but we get magic out of it, man. You know, we get, we get, we get a lot of special moments and like a lot of fucking amazing skateboarding out of it, man. So your filming and editing style are super unique and with most good things comes imitation. What do you think when you see people biting your style? I mean, it's cool, but it's hard for me to like stick to my, it's like, I look at it differently because kids look at it as like, I think that looks cool. So I'm going to do it. When I was younger, I probably imitated. You got to like you got to kind of just do things to find out your own style, you know? And with right. this type of stuff, like how where can you take it? Where can you take it in order where can you take it to the point where somebody's like, "But that's corny." Like you've, you've you what you've done. Like as far as like what do I do? Like color this do I do a red coloring over the whole thing and that's my thing? You know what I mean? It's like where can you take film or skating, you know, with video, you can only take it so far. So 
it's like, you know, I just, for this video, I wanted you to fucking be there with us. And I wanted to show detail. And that's what I did, you know, and it was, the kids never said one thing ever. Like, I hate this. Like, they were just psyched. They just, I had a vision and that's where I wanted to go with it. You know what I mean? It's like I had already did sickness and I filmed the whole thing long lens and there was one line of Abe that wasn't. But I already knew after that, like, I think this looks cool because I feel like you're there with us. If it's film, when it's filmed long lens, it almost feels like you're sitting next to me watching what go down and it feels real, you know? And that's just why with sickness, I was just like, you know, I didn't feel like fisheye looked real. I felt like that's an exaggerated version of everything. But after Sickness came out, and I just really liked that video. You know, I really liked the vibe of it. I love, you know, I just loved the skating in it. And I thought everyone looked cool. And I wanted it. I just liked how it looked long lens. So when I did, you know, when we did Pussy Gangster, like, I filmed like a lot of long lens in that too. And, uh, you know, the opening shot with uh, Nazir, that kid that's throwing down his board. That, to me, just felt like something more than skating. Felt like more of like a film or something. Like, there, we didn't have to put that there, you know? Like, I just felt that was like, when he puts that board down and he's got that shitty board. That kid lived in a tent, tent at that spot. Like, his um, parents are refugees and they lived at the skate spot in a tent. There was a wow. bunch of tents. And he just came out and just picked, like, somebody must have gave him a skateboard at one point. He'd just be out, like, rolling around, didn't speak any French or English, I think, at the time. I think he was just super new to everything. And, uh, but you could tell he was, like, he had some, he was cool, he was interested, you know, but he just, like, uh, he was just a kid that was there. And we kind of, like, I think we, by the end, we'd given him boards and clothes. Like, we just gave him shit because he was just, like, it was sick. He was just a kid that had nothing, and we gave him shit. But that opening shot was really felt like when he puts that board down, I'm like, all right, we're in Paris now. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that shot was the one, you know? And uh, and another thing is, like, the way I can explain it is, like, what's his name? Fucking, what, when what's his name does the tray flip down the three stairs... And he does it really sketchy. Like his foot's mm-hmm. hanging mm-hmm. off, his yeah. back foot's hanging off. Oh, yeah, in his yeah. veins, In yeah. my head, I was like, that is cooler than so much other shit. And the <laughs> fact that I just I just thought that felt realistic, you know? Like, there, if you go to a spot, you're going to see, you're going to look over and see a kid doing that. You Tray know what I mean? flipping like that, yeah. Yeah, I felt like, why does it have to be perfect? You know, why does it have to be perfect? It doesn't have to be. This is what we're doing, you know what I mean? I felt like that was I felt like that tray flip was equally as important as like the big ch- shot big tricks in that video. And I think that's skateboarding, you know what I mean? If it looks cool, then fuck it. Like Nick Nick Stain's back tail fake manual where he goes off in the fountain, he doesn't land it. Fuck it. I thought he looked cool turning that corner oh, and I felt like, I felt like he looked sick. So whatever. That's what happened there that day, you know? I'm not saying everyone should like put a bunch of shit in a video where no one lands, but if it looks cool, <laughs> fuck it. You know what I mean? And that's where my head's my head was at during this video and 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 where my kind of head's at in general. You're there watching it. He tried it the next, you know, he tried it for a couple of days and then the next day the fountain was full of water. He couldn't get it. And it was full of water till the end of the video cuz we were going to fly back out to just get that trick and maybe a couple more things at Embarcadero, but uh we we well, there was no time so yeah 
I was like, fuck it. You came close to this one, and I thought it looked cool, and it matched with this. It went perfect with the song, and fuck it. It's just like, like all I'm saying is it's hard for me to like want to continue doing that style when I start to see a lot of other people doing it, because then it kind of takes away from me. I. Mm-hmm. That said, it is a special feeling to see like people like thinking like that's awesome and that's the way you should film. That's cool, but it's like now what do I do? Do I do just full, <laughs> yeah. full, fully zoomed out just to do it for a little <laughs> bit just to see what people say? I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna take it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, but I felt like uh, you know with blessed it felt like more of a of a movie. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a skate video. But, you know, there's long slow-mos and and long, uh, you know, the skate shots are cut long because some of the music's like like that. You can't just cut it quick. But I think all those other little things are really important. And a lot of skate videos today, you know, things that are going on websites and stuff are really quick cut and like, done, you know, and kids that are just starting to get into skateboarding now are watching that stuff and they're thinking that's the norm when it can be whatever you want it to be. But I feel like I wanted people to have to be patient again, you know? And that was the point of this video for me is like, kind of like, no, you got to sit and watch through it. It isn't just, it isn't giving, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta like, you gotta live it with us, you know? And Mm -hmm. that's why the video is the length it is. Another thing, the video couldn't be as short as the other videos. Everyone has their own personal part. And with doing that, you ain't just like, oh, I'm not no. going to put this in. This can go next. You know, it's it's everyone kind of wanted to have their own thing. So that said, they had to work harder to get that. Because the other videos that I've done, especially the online ones and Cherry, it's like I can mix them all together and it looks sick and you don't know who's next. And with this, it's like. If you're going to do, you know, they don't have to work as hard with those other videos because they're next to somebody else that has a trick, you know. And th- with, th- with this video, they had to, like, actually, fuck, deadline's coming. Like, dudes are hucking. Dudes are, like, hiding. <laughs> you know, and everyone, you know, like, dude, it was interesting towards the end of the video, man. i never seen some of the- these guys be, like, deadline kind of face, you know. <laughs> and just, like is it really over in a week you know like dude yes like we this is it like we you know i told you you know like just come on you know let's go let's go let's go we got like a week let's go let's go let's go you know yeah some dudes were scared of the pressure what was it like getting music rights for the video you got some jay-z in there fucking all types of artists music rights getting that for the video was just dude fucking insane like you're you're like we have to get it. We have to. Well, I don't know. It doesn't seem like, you know, they're dealing with fucking five people at a label, like somebody that owns the rights to this part of it. This dude, you can only imagine. There's a lot of music in that video, but we got the rights to every fucking song. And super sick. One of the things Crazy. is Jay-Z, you know, Jay-Z watched Tyshawn, the last trick of his part to that song from basically where Sean's holding up the Dylan shirt to Tyshawn running around the corner. Jay-Z watched that and signed mm-hmm. off on it. He was like, I'm down. Sick. I'm down. So how come the good homie Alex Olsen wasn't in Blessed? <clears throat> he was in Cherry and some of your other yeah, videos. Man. I think the people wait, were waiting for I some know, Alex. We're all waiting for Alex. I still am waiting for to see footage <laughs> of Alex. Um, Alex is, you know, he's, he's, he's so interested in so much other shit. You know what I mean? Like, 
He was kind of like low key, like those like last. He's been like pretty low key, like when we did Pussy Gangster, like Alex was fucking out, like putting footage out for like that year was like maybe not even Pussy, maybe the one one we did before, like around before sickness actually, not around Pussy before sickness. That whole year when he st- was doing nine one seven, like he was there was Instagram clips, there was fucking footage of him nonstop. You know what I mean? I felt like he got really psyched on yeah. skating, and f- it was fun for me to actually see that and not be the dude filming it and stuff, like being around it. You know what I mean? Because we just like weren't really hanging that much, like after Cherry. But um, I hit him up like towards the end. I'm like, hey man, like we're getting closer to the deadline. Like, do you want to get some stuff for this? And he was just like, he was in a different country and he was just like, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. But like, just I'm, I'm, I'm working so hard with so many different people that I just don't have time to keep hitting people up. Like I literally Mm -hmm. was, if you're out with us skating, then you could be in the video. That's how it is. Like, and even with Cherry, but like Cherry was more like Alex was like, Hey man, like, let's do this, you know? And, and and he was just with me all the time but like during this one it was kid the kids over everyone really because they all had parts so it was like if yeah. it was like some other person was kind of hitting me up I would, and, and like Aiden wanted to go out and film or something I'd be like I have to go out with Aiden like I can't these dudes need these dudes need full parts you know and so it was them over any other skater um, but like with you know, but that's the, that said like it wasn't like Alex was like hitting me up like you know like it wasn't like he was like on some like yo where are you at like he was just doing so much other shit like I don't know he's so interested in so much stuff that he spends a lot of time doing a lot of other stuff you know if he goes out and skates it's more like for fun for him I think like he'll go down I'll, he'll be, I, you know I'd hit him up and he'll be like oh I'm gonna go down to LES and mess around you know there was no there was no reason like from my end I don't know maybe from his end there was but I think it was kind of sick in a way for him to be the outsider to watch it with new eyes and not know anything in it. Cause he hit me up with like a really nice text saying like, dude, you guys did it. Like it, it, it it's fucking so sick. And he was, su- he had said that he was super proud of Tyshawn and like, it's crazy to see him from when they first started filming Cherry. Cause Alex was around like the first day we filmed for that. And around for that a lot to seeing him now and he was just he was like dude did good really good like he you know his text was really he don't send texts like that unless he really really means it you know so it was sick Mm -hmm. to get that you know though hopefully he makes an appearance in the next in the next one yo i might have to yeah fucking hit him up yo we need we needed some alex there (laughs) yeah i know you guys interviewed him because i listened to his interview with you guys did with him so hit him up yeah Yeah. we're gonna (laughs) apply the pressure man yeah, apply some pressure, man. <laughs> so uh, what's up with the Nolly flip over the cam beef on Insta, man? What's up with Manolo's tapes? Just uh, <laughs> stirring up the shit. What's the deal with that? I mean, he he's, you know, he's, I, I know where his mentality is. He's like an older dude, it seems like. So he comes from an era where everything was really nitpicky and things are nitpicky now but people get away with so much more now because if you try to talk shit on them you get nailed from so many different angles you know what Mm -hmm. i mean it's just like you know there's both sides to to every story now kind of thing because there's so many people that can hit you from you know on instagram 
But he's he had like said something to you know to Ben about some shit before, and Ben got really you know just like what the fuck? Well, who is this dude? Like you know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I just think that he worded his like Instagram wrong for that thing. What that was he it for the people that don't know? He had like posted a vi- old vi- older video of like. Abe, when he was on work early, like right when he got on workshop, he, you know, around that time period, he nolly flipped a can on it, you know, on its side, like straight over it. And uh, he posted that and he said, this is how you actually nolly flip over a can. I mean, when you write that, it's like when you write actually, you kind of like, shots. you're, you're kind of like, obvious what you're doing. You're, yeah. you're, you're definitely, he can't even take that back. Like he's taking a <laughs> shot, you know, and people were like adding us or something so we caught i caught wind of it like people caught wind of it and uh i was just like dude fuck you man like you know what i mean like why are you gonna take gas out of somebody's sales like that you know what i mean and it's like the way that i look at it is dude go look at those fucking cans standing go look at one of the cans and picture somebody nolly flipping straight over it you can't do it no one no one can do it that's it. If somebody could do it, I'll give them fucking $500. Go do it. Uh, <laughs> but those things are fucking tall and they're wide. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh, Tyshawn did it the way that I thought that that he should do it. You know? He did it. It took him a, it took him a fucking while to do it. Like, you know, a couple days. Two or three days. And, you know, it's casual. It isn't like, we're going to do this and we're going to spend five hours doing it. Like, yeah. he tries it, tries it, then fucking... You know, a basketball comes, he throws that over into the hoop. Like, we're fucking, like, punching each other. Like, whatever. Like, we're just, like, it isn't, like, nonstop, I got to do it. He just eventually did it. You know what I mean? We were just filming that clip for fun. It was just, like, more like, dude, it'd be sick to film something at TF West. That's, Mm -hmm. like, kind of, like, the thing. We were, like, it wasn't, like, some, like, thing. Like, we got to have this out last minute. Like, when you send that shit to Thrasher, they plan out when it comes out. It's not us. It's not, like... Oh, whatever. You know what I mean? And same with, with Blessed. It wasn't like we planned it coming out at that time two year, two and a half years earlier. Like right. it wasn't like we need it out by the end of that year. We don't know who's, what footage was gonna, we were going to have. We didn't even know if we were going to have any footage. Like it was mm-hmm. just worked out the way it was. It wasn't planned for Tyshawn to get skated of the year. It was planned because of the way like Supreme wanted to plan it. You know, like the, we think it would be good if it came out this time of year. At the you know in two and a half years from now let's let's try to reach for that goal. That said, probably like you know a couple months, we handed that thing into Thrasher probably like a couple days before the premiere tour started. So they they decided when they want to put it out. It's like we're we're gonna give you this thing. It'd be sick to fucking have you know we want to do something at TF West. We think it would be like sick, and that platform was kind of the right platform for it. I think we were just like. Give it to Thrasher. It'll be sick. Like to, yeah, totally be sick to have more footage of Tyshawn. But I I pictured like the Thrasher logo burning, and then like this thing, you know. And that's it was given to them because I could have put it on my YouTube channel and just let it rock. But mm-hmm. they were psyched to have it. Basically, he got what he wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like just whatever. For a rise. I was just more under some like. Dude, uh, like a month earlier, this dude was like hitting me up. Like, could you please send me all your old footage of Josh? I'm trying to do like a, a mix for Josh and and uh, 
that's Josh Kalis. And uh, I was like, hey, man, like, I'm about to leave on this tour. I can't get it to you. Well, I can hit up Chris Mullern because Chris Mullern had all my, my tapes because he's doing the the Love Park documentary. And I was like, hey, man, I'm good. Like, it's all, it's all good. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, he talks shit on fucking Ben. Like, whatever. And now he's asking me for footage for something that he wants to do to kind of like whatever. And I'm like, God, let me just talk to you when I get back kind of thing. And then he's, you know, whatever, talking shit on the gram, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, and as I said in that, I was like, he's talking about shit that's like, you know, real and fucking cool. And like, dude, I, I, I personally think taking people's hard worked footage and remaking it into your own thing so you shine is like one of the wackest things ever and he talks about like oh early 90s like 90s 2000s like back then those fuckers would have been like that's whack you know what i mean like so you know to each their own like he's allowed to do what he wants just you know don't involve don't involve us in it that's all it was passive aggressive and he should he should have done it a different way right i don't know how you could try and take a shot at that nollie flip because <laughs> that was one of the most ridiculous things like humanly possible on a skateboard oh and then we posted like the sequence of it and fucking you know people were like talk shit on that like i know that dude doesn't want to talk shit like i think he probably got where he got with that and probably is like not psyched that he fucking said it basically yeah probably a little know, bit of regret I mean? there I, I think josh might have said something to him or Josh was probably like, this dude hit me up, like, not, like, bombed, or, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but it just seems like it was pointless, it was, it was meant to ru- ruffle the feathers, and mm-hmm. it worked, so good job, man, like, you <laughs> did it, you did it. So you just got back from the epic, uh, well, what seemed epic, we'll see when the, the footy comes out, but the uh, Sodi trip. Yeah. You're back in New York, what's next for William Strobeck? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm kind of just, I'm kind of floating still for now, just until, you know, there's some ideas of some stuff to come up. I have to go in and talk to, you know, those guys in the offices and try to, you know, really see what's next. There's definitely a video planned, but we still need to talk more about it kind of thing. Like, not like a full length, but like something, something's going to happen and, and we should be like starting to work on it now. So... I don't know. I'm debating, you know. I want, I'm debating on what kind of way that I want to do it, you know. And that's kind of like where I feel like we have to should, we should have a meeting about it. Okay, okay. Early yeah. stages, planning another video. You got, you got a part in you, man? I like that. Do I have a part? You know what? Earlier when you said, uh, you know, you could put shit in where the, the trick doesn't get landed because it looks sick. Well, me and Donald <laughs> are thinking about making a video. That might be the whole video. <laughs> no, seriously, like we're gonna, I hope the, I, we're gonna hope the fountain gets filled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I know it's cold up there, and I know that you guys should probably be hitting those skate parks up there because you know, once we open a store up there, maybe uh, you guys could get some some footage in it. Oh, okay. Well, you guys got plans to uh, nah, coming up to the Great I, White not, North? <laughs> Dude, to be honest, I, I've been looking at Syracuse at, like, real estate up there of, like, buying like, some psycho shit. But, hey, yeah. you keep us in mind in that uh, in that big meeting about the video, all right? Where are we going <laughs> to yeah, be in the yeah. skate parks up here doing our thing? <laughs> that shit where, where I just talked about a whole other thing and you still were thinking about <laughs> being in the video. <laughs> yeah. One track mine. One track mine. <laughs>
Y'all know what time it is. It's rapid fire with the ghost. And we're privileged to be brought to you by Venture Trucks. Boys and girls, it's time to get excited about the all new Venture Titaniums. The lightest trucks just got lighter. You dig? Debuting in a polished and gold 5.2 low and 5.2 high, Venture Titaniums come strapped with the titanium axle and hollow kingpin, making it the lightest Venture to date. If you need your pop to increase by a couple inches like me, you know what to do. Get yourself some Venture Titaniums. Available now at Humidity in New Orleans, Familia in Minneapolis, APB in Hawaii, Slam City Skates in London, and finer skate shops worldwide. Yo, Bill, I know you could use some titaniums, but you're no pop having ass. Let's get this rapid fire popping. <laughs> All right, let's get it. Favorite skater? Dylan Reader, first and foremost, and Mark Gonzalez and Tyshawn Jones. Favorite video? Uh, Tim and Henry's Pack of Lies. Favorite video part? Mike Carroll, questionable. Favorite style? Stevie Williams, early Stevie Williams. He just is so authentic and street and just so fucking cool looking. I'd say for nowadays, Sean Pablo. I just just seeing that kid push around is cool looking. There's no one that looks like him. Which skater had the biggest influence on you? Dill. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Dylan Reader. Favorite trick? Ollie's. <laughs> Hardest trick for you? E- fucking everything. <laughs> I'm definitely washed up. Uh, Ty, Ty hit me up about trying to do chump on this. And I was just like, yeah, for sure, dude. I can hardly walk and shoot bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> Most illegal trick. Fucking dolphin flip is illegal. <laughs> Fucking uh, Benny Hanna's mega legal. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever filmed? Probably Josh's switch heel flip over the can in that line. Just the switch heel flip. Oh, he, sick. Dude, it was insane. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed. Tyshawn's switch back three over the can was fucking... Oh, I just like the yeah. way that shit looks, man. I don't know. That that could be probably the sickest thing I ever filmed, to be honest, too. Sick. What's the last new trick you learned? Last new trick I learned? Dude, I have like three tricks, and <laughs> I have like one of them still, maybe. Dude, I can fucking ollie up a curb i can maybe nolly barrel heel flip on flat sometimes kick flip okay okay i got a trick i got something in boys of summer that i just didn't even (laughs) it's whatever but i didn't even think i could do it and i did it so whatever and it's different than those but whatever it's coming out all right all right we'll keep an eye out for that one (laughs) please do (laughs) (laughs) favorite local brand i don't know is 917 a local brand yeah yeah, I'm down with that. Favorite local skater? Tyshawn. Worst company? I hated Mystery. I don't know. Is that still <laughs> <laughs> Worst trend? Fucking self-promotion, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Worst trend is like, you know, what I hate the most is those fucking Insta... Like those one Instagram edits, and I know that you know what they are. You're flipping through fucking the explore page and you see like some kind of like a board in the air and then you click on it and it's just one of those ones to like new hip hop fucking just just the those ones you know what they are get those things fucking out of here dude oh we we know (laughs) worst style worst style i would think if 
you know, there's so many bad styles. Like, there's like, it, it's it's sad how bad some people's styles are. But when I think of like styles that I'm kind of minded, it was like. I would say, like, when you're watching a World Industries video and you see, like, you know, Gino's part, fucking Cream Campbell's part, LeVar McBride's part, and then all of a sudden the Prime part comes on, and you're like, dude, it totally changed your whole fucking point of view because you were just fucking jamming through a video, and then all of a sudden here comes the fucking whitest dudes in the world, <laughs> right? And they got, like, cargo shorts on that are khaki that are above your – they're, like, above their knee – and like a fucking white t-shirt but that said i would say chris markovich was off the chain Woo. and the tray flip that he did at the end of the prime part was was so sick but i really just was like over the prime section so <laughs> i'd say yeah kind of worst style for those videos i'd say because those videos are like you know trilogy 20 shot sequence and all that all that shit was sick but the prime part was was definitely a fast forward Right. Last person you want on the sesh. One person I wouldn't want on a session is someone I would call a magnet. A magnet is a person that if you're skating around with your crew, say you leave the skate park and you're skating down the street and you get to the spot that you're going to, you know, like 15 blocks. All of a sudden you turn around and there's one dude that's with you. That you're like, who the fuck oh, is this okay, kid? Okay, yeah, yeah. You're like not going to be a dick because you're just like, you're not going to be like, dude, what are you doing skating with us? You just like kind of accept it in your fucking brain. But you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Dude, they just magnetize to you around town. Like <laughs> that happened at Love all the time. Like me, Popolardo and Pulowski would leave and fucking start skating down the street. There'd be like five of us. And all of a sudden there'd be just like one lurker. That was magnetized to us, dude. Those are the uh, worst. We know all about also, those. Also, somebody I wouldn't want on a session is a Tom. Stands for takeout man. It's just some dude, like, say you're filming someone try a trick at a spot, and some dude that's with you, all of a sudden they fucking try the same trick that, that you're filming someone try. You're like, dude. <laughs> Like a random dude just kind of fucking classic kook pulls up and then sees that you're trying something, then he tries to do it, or you're not even at the spot, and then you see in a video, fucking somebody did the trick that you're fucking trying to film someone do. That's a fucking Tom, dude. Takeout man. They just fucking they live off trying to take another person out. Yeah, our boy did that to Darrell Stanton one one time. Shouts to Noah T. Trying to front nose when Darrell set up to take a photo of front nose at back of commerce. We love you, Noah, but that was definitely a kook moment. You goddamn Tom. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with Bill. Man, thank you so much for doing this. No problem. Good, good, nice meeting you guys. Hell yeah. You too, man. Hopefully we'll catch you in the streets. <laughs> I'll be up there. We'll go to some vegan uh, spots. You got any? Oh, we got oh. some for you. Hello, one, two, three, yo. I was there yesterday. <laughs> uh, are you vegan? No, nah, but try and, try and keep try it healthy, healthy sometimes, you know. New year, yeah, new well, safer, you man. Start, you bet. Huh? Yeah, well, you better start taking fucking yoga because this camera's coming out on you, and I'm going to film <laughs> long lens zoomed in. You better be fucking ready. Because <laughs> you don't want to look shitty when it's up close, Oh, huh? shit. Let's get it. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. All right, guys.
Welcome back to the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, we talking the collab of the century. Stance Socks and Grateful Dead linking up for one of the finest collections of all time. There's only one thing left to do. Head down to your local skate shop and secure yours before they're all gone. All right, man, let's get into these emails. You've got mail. All right, first up, we got an email from John Metz. Dearest dudes, new season has got me glued to the earbuds. Thank you. Question about old dude skate handicaps. I turned 40 in April, still skate, but obviously I'm a sack of shit compared to the old days. What are three tricks that every 40-year-old skater should be able to do in order to still be legit and not a washed-up geriatric poser? I want to get them dialed. I'm a fireman now, but still skate all the time and need some inspirational trick demands from Canada's finest. Look forward to the tricks you guys recommend. Keep up the good work, and can we get a special episode when Jeremy Rogers overdoses? Much respect, John Metz in Idaho. Well, we ain't wishing no overdoses on J-Rog, but we do want to get him on the show. We tried for a minute, didn't we? Yeah, but we tried on Halloween. Obviously, he was going to turn up instead of do an interview. We did speak with him, though, so maybe one day. We can't say, like, Safe has said this before, we're only 30, early 30s, so who knows where we're going to be at when we're 40. We'll give you our wish list for when we're 40, yeah? Of what we hope to still be able to do. Because yeah. we don't want to say some shit, and then we turn 40, and we're like, oh shit, that was way too tech or something. <laughs> So at 40, my three tricks are going to be kickflip, pivot fakie, and front smith the ledge. Yeah, but also, I don't think there's any way you can be a poser at 40 if you're still trying to skate after a lifetime of skating. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> I'll go with uh, switch front shove, crooked grind a ledge, and and a good old lazy half cap board. <laughs> just a good like way a, to warm up. Just like a nollie smith. You don't really have to pop when those knees are aching. Hope that helps you out, John. Chris Tuckett, classic. Oh. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from Nick Enriquez. Longtime listener, first time chiming in. Favorite sport moment live at a game? Mine personally is that Derrick Rose buzzer beater W in Milwaukee. Dude was cold as ice back then. Anyways, big ups from Chicago. Keep on killing it. You got hella fans in the 312. FA Skate Shop, shout out still. Peace. Uh... Good question. At first thought, I was going to go with the Buffalo Bills banging a game-winning field goal over the Tennessee Titans, but then I realized that uh, some Week 4 NFL between the Bills and Titans isn't exactly a big game. But a couple of years ago, I was at the Winter Classic, saw the Toronto Maple Leafs take down the Detroit Red Wings in overtime. T-Dot, the Maple Leafs, Winter Classic. I think it was a Centennial Classic. That's got to be it. Uh, mine's easy. I forget what year it was, but for a while, me and uh, my friend Justin would go see the Lakers every time they were in town. One year, Kobe hit a buzzer beater. Or no, I think there was like four seconds left, but he hit the game-winning jump shot. And this was in the Bargnani era, so obviously they tried to give it to Bargnani to uh, win the game. I don't even know if he got a shot off. But um, it was a special moment for me seeing my favorite player, favorite athlete of all time, hit a game winner. Unfortunately, it was against the Raptors, but that was my moment. All right, next up, we got an email from Connor Howitt. Greetings from Arizona. I must say that it's a breath of fresh air when a new season of The Bunt comes out. The rapid fire segment is always something to look forward to. That being said, in the current state of skateboarding today, who do you think is kooking it the most? My vote goes to the arrogant clown, 
Richie Jackson. The beef with him and Dan Pluckett was just embarrassing, yet hilarious. P.S. Have you guys been to Arizona yet? I got spots if you bring the steam whistles. Cheers. Uh, how about you bring the beers, eh? And the spots. Yeah, Richie Jackson. Cooking in a bit, going after Plunkett. Also going after Spitfire Wheels now. Uh, you think that's a wise choice, Ghost? Nah, man. Richie Jackson needs to fall back. And just realize he's the kook of pain. Maybe he gets off on being a kook, though. Like That's the only thing that I could explain. A villain, that, man. Yeah. As far as who do we think is kooking it, I'm going to have to go with... I hate to say it because the guy's damn good, but Stephen Lawyer, man. Can't get down with the kits. The trick selection is off. He needs to hire the ghost to uh, run his trick selection for him. He, he could use the help. Real talk. Um, what would you have him doing with, with talent like that? I don't know. Just look at his old footage before he got all fucking Instagram trying to be fucking popular page he trending. Needs you and, and a stylist, man. He yeah. needs to hire a stylist as well. <laughs> um, I'll go with my... My classic pick, Mickey Papa, always kooking it. And next up, we got an email from Howard Ridio. He pronounced both our names wrong, or spelled them wrong, so you take that on your last name. I don't know how to fucking say that. All right, Safar and Dunno. Remember a couple seasons ago when Safar was entertaining the people with some of the most horrendous flirting ever recorded with Nora? Well, I got a request for a bunt times Jenkum collaboration. I'm thinking we send Safar on a date with Nora on Jenkum's data skater show. Let's give Safar a second chance and who knows if things go well, then Nora will learn the new meaning of rapid fire with the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> also, what happened to footy chat with Mike Hunt? Seems like ever since things uh, went to shit with his team, Man United, he stopped doing it. There's only one color in Manchester, Mikey, and that's baby blue, you dickhead. (laughs) And finally, when you two going to interview some UK heads, we'd love to hear from some of the Isle or Palace guys. Big up Joe Midge for recommending this show to me. Yo, shouts to Joe Midge. I don't know about you, Howard, but... Howard's coming in hot, man. You got to respect it. And uh, we've created a safe space for lunatics... To come on a podcast here so thanks for uh thanks for the email howard hopefully we got something coming with jankum something small be released pretty soon and then work towards bigger and better things like today to skater you know ants one <laughs> had some uh today to skater stories too so maybe we'll get him on and talk about it what it yeah let's give the floor to ants one for a sec ants take it away <laughs> it's just on the spot like that eh how did that story start oh yeah Vans trip, New York City, baby. We're like getting drinks. We just get there. We're getting drinks. I'm feeling nice. I'm like, yo, who's this waitress girl? Got her number. Invited her to the event at uh, this, the house of Vans. And then ended up that she was on the Data Skater Jenkum show. I forget how I found that out. Somebody told me or some shit. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, good vibes. Never smashed though. We ended up like parting ways somehow. Eh. Anyways, no biggie. But yeah, you could check out her episode. I think it's actually episode one. Yo, Jankum, let's get me on one of these. I'm trying to make it pop these days, eh? Bro, as far as rapid fire with Nora, <laughs> you need to fall back, blood. 
Let me work my magic. It's called slow fire. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that would be funny as hell, though. That would be jokes. As far as um, U- UK heads, yo, stay tuned, yo. We got a UK Badman coming real soon, as a matter of fact. Yeah, but we do got to get more, so yeah, true. We, get, we got our work cut out for us, but we're looking to bridge that gap, man. And Footy Chat, man, we could get the Footy Chat whenever you want. You want to hear about Man U? Get an update for you in the coming weeks, for sure. Yeah, Footy Chat, where the fuck you at, B? Thanks for the email, Howard. <laughs> Lunatic. All right, next up, we got an email from Mark Sansom. Subject, the Kook Squadron. Safe lads, big love from Too Cool in the UK. Rat Lord, Lord of Rats, Noodles, Pig Face, French Pierre. Just a few nicknames we had for the kooks who time and time again would show up at our local park. The types who blessed us with boneless hand flips, look backs of pain, games of skate in the middle of the park, stink bug grabs, and so much more. My question is for both of you. Who are your top five skate park kooks that you had the pleasure of skating with over the years? I want to hear their nicknames and your best story for each one. Full fucking roundup. Creeping to the big 3-0, I've experienced some next level shit over the years. From the one-off ultra kook from a town close by wearing an extra small Blink-182 t-shirt. Comping the shit out of a backside flip over the hip to a regular drowned rat looking stinker who tears through the park pushing Mongo in his metallic hoodie in his Metallica hoodie claiming he had a dark star contract back in the day <laughs> but can only land a fakie front shove <laughs> don't hold back boys cheers and get some UK heads on the show damn pressure's on for the UK heads man yeah, we got a beast coming so me and the ghost been skating for a long time seen lots of characters over our time so we definitely got at least five, and we got a bonus one for them. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. So, first and foremost, anyone growing up in T. Dot, our age group in our era, knows Black Label Bunter, big time kook, <laughs> great guy though. Some of these guys are great guys, but Black Label Bunter's definitely, definitely on this list. Kook of sin, nice guy, but yeah, used to claim he rode for Black Label and was pure trash, but would just run as fast as he could drop his board down and try a back tail like not even come close and then start freaking out and throwing his board around as if like he should land it every try same thing with like flat ground tray flips never saw him land one no just trying them like so fast just flailing them although one time when i was 50ing that rail at dundas square the like little six stair yeah i remember i couldn't do it and then he came and showed up and he's like, dude, you just got to go for one. And I remember that, like, Black Ale Bunter pushed me to land the rail. So, shouts to him. <laughs> Holy shit. What a legend. Yo, he would always claim, like, he did shit on Skydome 13 when, like, no one was around, too. Classic sessions. <laughs> just like, I'll eat Skydome on my way to work. <laughs> but he always had fresh Black Label boards. So, yeah. he, uh, it cost a he lot made it work, to, man. To keep up appearances. Exactly. Next up, we have another bunter. This one goes by the name of the DC Bunter. It's uh, a good homie of ours, so I'm not going to go too, uh, too in on him, man. <laughs> Yo, are you keeping his name uh, off the off record? <laughs> yeah, it's hush hush. <laughs> moving, moving right along. <laughs> the next guy's name is Shitface. See if we can explain this one. Yeah, Shitface good homie you know had a couple sleepovers with him at duncan's back in the day 
horrible nickname. Duncan was so savage at giving people nicknames. And the worst was one time I called his house and forgot his real name. And like his mom picked up and I'm like, all right, all right can I talk to, uh, <laughs> I like froze. I'm like, Eric, I think his name was Eric. <laughs> Almost said shit face. Wow. But yeah, he used to just ollie off everything. Didn't He's have, just that guy. Didn't Big have very much ollie. skill. Yeah. yeah, but he could ollie off some shit and obviously, you know, try some half cabs <laughs> off some shit. Terrible nickname. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Sketchy Jesse. I don't. Who's Sketchy Jesse? Sketchy Jesse is. Uh, don't like. He's not a bad guy either. He dabbles in with the drugs, so he's done some sketchy things, like follow some young kids home from the skate park, which we can't endorse. Yeah, but he's geez. definitely on the list. He's around nowadays, so there's hope that Jesse turns the corner, man. Next on the list, Stogarts, aka Stogues, <laughs> aka Fubu Savage. <laughs> he he's just, just a claimer, man. Just yeah, that dude who got a little older and then, you know, just would come to the park to get drunk every day and not really skate anymore, and just talk about shit he did back in the day, which probably zero percent truth to those stories. Talking about like Mel Twelve and shit. Campfire Stogards, man. <laughs> Everybody huddle around. Story time with Stokes. I was down for like he was entertaining. Like me and Morgan would love like just listening to his stories but then yeah. obviously when, la- when holding he, in the laughter when, yeah but when he hit the dude in the head with his truck yeah he fucked up I he's done he, he banned himself from fucking toronto skate scene yeah he's out one. and last but not least our bonus number six could go to the one and only victim Moan, baby you you take the crown that's the guy he wants to play skate in the middle of the park he's asking everyone to play skate He's got his pants down around his fucking knees, staring at his ass all day. <laughs> He's just fucking sitting around. It doesn't go anywhere. Got to be Victor. Don't leave your water anywhere near him or else he's going to take it. Yeah. Got love for Victor, though. Coming up, he was like a year or two older than us. Legend back in the day. Switch front side flipping. Uh, Earl Hag. Earl Hag and lines and shit. We got love for Victor around here. Yeah, but the... Uh, the barrier cult that Dunbat took over. Uh, who's your favorite kook on the list? Like, what do you mean favorite? Like, just most notoriously epic. Like, and not necessarily in a bad way. Just like the most epic. I'd have to go with Black Label Bunter. Yeah, it was me just too. outrageous. Me too. He was like, we were little kids, and he was like forty, lying to us about skiing. I would, yeah. Me and Duncan would love just like talking to him and just getting more lies out of him. Just like, see, there's some people you want to get away from, and Black Label Bunters, he just made you want more. Yeah, you want more of him. And then he disappeared and became a biker. So it's like everything he did is like legendary and in the past. Whereas Victor, it's like every day in your face. Yeah, you're still seeing it. <laughs> Well, I hope that answered your question, Mark. Anyone out there, email us in your favorite kooks from your skate parks. One one more funny thing about Black Label Bunter was because he was always talking about doing handrails and like ollieing huge shit and kick flipping like 13s. It was always so fun to try and put it, get him to put his money where his mouth is. And so I'd always be like tempting him like, yo, yo there's a handrail around the corner. Like, let's go skate it. And he'd always like come up with excuses like, oh, yeah, I'm just like pretty sore today. But one time <laughs> we actually got him. We went to this little like gap to rail. Like, what is it? A six or seven stair yeah. by pond. And we actually got him to fucking try it. 
It was the funniest shit I've ever seen. He, did he try gap to front board? Front board, yeah. Yeah, like it's not that gnarly, but the fact that he actually like committed because we all were there and put so much pressure on him was one of the greatest moments ever. So shouts to you, Black Label Bunter, you legend. All right, last email of the week from Ben Higginbottom. <laughs> Higginbottom. You're saying Howard, man. You ain't got to do him like that. I don't know. Dude, that's a crazy last name. I like it, though. Must be a UK man. Hi, Bunt Gang. What's really good? Just a question I was hoping y'all could weigh in on. I have noticed in recent times the UK scene has been popping off with tons of classic talent coming through with the likes of Coron Gale, Mike Arnold, Casper Brooker, and the Island Atlantic Drift Crews leading the charge. Do you guys think they're <clears throat> do you guys think their take on how skating should look will inspire other scenes to continue to promote their own ideas on skateboarding and shift away from the classic California centric view of our craft? Big shout out from all the homies in Wellington, New Zealand. Looking forward to the rest of the season. I know it will be a barn burner. Man, I think we've already seen that this is what's happening, man. Not to say the UK didn't pop it off, but it is, it's been happening, man. New York, Copenhagen, even in Florida with the Andrew squad, it, people aren't, aren't relying on California for anything these days. Yeah, I like it because, uh, you get to see so much more, man. We don't all have those fucking picnic tables and, uh, perfect rails and shit endless nice weather it's nice to see that rugged dude after going to london too like there's nothing to skate there. streets ain't there's that, one spot out of water <laughs> i mean we didn't explore that much but uh rugged city got enough respect for any fucking full video parts film there mm-hmm. madness i can't imagine trying to film a whole part in london man that'd be tough but i, I don't Even mind the skate park's tough to skate south yeah. bank jeez so hard I, I still don't mind some classic Cali shit if it's done right. Like the cherry, like picnic table section, like Dylan's part. Oh. Like all Cali. But or just, Herman's part. Ooh. Yeah. like if, It can still be done right. We're just seeing that like you don't have to go to Cali to survive. Yeah, but those two Whether names, you're a skater or a company, like you can survive anywhere. Yeah. The fact that we just said Dylan and Herman, you can survive anywhere if you got good style. Yeah, that's all absolutely. it is. You can make anything look good. I think that's a wrap for the post office, man. Uh, Black Label Bunter, if you're listening, ditch your bike, man. The skate game needs you. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's it. Keep sending them emails to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Y'all know what time it is. It's the rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. And around this time of the year, we're usually talking about a Patriots Super Bowl, aren't we, man? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) He did it again. I mean, it's a hard one because I just don't feel that excited that they won. Maybe it's because the game was pretty lackluster. If you like defensive football, it was great, though. 3-0 for a lot of the game. And then 3-3. Not too many touchdowns, just the one. But who stood up tallest when they needed the big play? It was TB12 to Rob Gronkowski, man. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah. Weird vibe. That whole game had a weird vibe. Fucking, when you're getting excited about punts, you know, fucking, it's not that offensive of a game. Uh, happy for you. Not a fan of the Rams or the Patriots. Didn't, obviously, like, it's fun cheering against the Patriots. I hope Max Kellerman finally shuts the fuck up about Tom Brady and the cliff. Because if winning another Super Bowl is a cliff, yeah, sure, some of his stats are down on the year. 
go to hell, Max Conan. <laughs> I honestly enjoyed last year's Super Bowl more, even though they lost. That yeah. was the craziest game yeah. I've ever seen last and, year. And the one before that, the yeah. Atlanta one was... Like, and then to to go to such a, a low-scoring, uneventful game. I mean, the Patriots had chances to put more points up on the board. It was closer than it had to be. Going for it on that fourth down at the end of the first half, they should have just taken the points. But Jared Goff ain't ready. This one is on Sean McVay, man. Like the shit with CJ Anderson, play him when you need him. But you got Todd Gurley, who before he got hurt, people were even throwing his name into the MVP hat. You got to let the man. I don't care how much his knee hurt. He's got four or five months to get ready to get back for next year. This is the last game. You never know if you're going to get to another Super Bowl again. And if I'm Todd Gurley, I'm absolutely pissed. I'm devastated. Devastated, but I'm angry too. Like, CJ Anderson did a good job. You came out the second half after not doing anything with Jared Goff and mostly CJ Anderson. And like you said, Todd Gurley rips off a 15-yard-plus run. And that's like one of the only touches he gets. You got to run at least first and second down, first and third down. Two out of every three. You got two first downs in the first half, I think it was. It's time to go back to Todd Gurley, man. The joke's over. Jared Goff was terrified. Yeah, uh, it was just a shit game. And yeah, it was just even you weren't that excited when the game ended. We weren't that bummed. It just felt like it, it just came and went. It just came and went. Yeah. Anyways, congrats to all Patriots fans out there. Uh, this is the Patriots world, and we're just living in it. But like we said, this was the least exciting matchup of the final four quarterbacks. I know, yeah. Halfway through the game, everyone we were watching, we are just like, man, how much more fun would it be if Mahomes was out there? Not Mahomes. Breeze. Breeze. Any any other combo, this was the most boring combo of the whatever Yeah, po- championship Sunday two weeks ago, those were some frigging games, man. Yeah. Those were some games. Tom Brady versus Drew Breeze should have went down. Ball don't lie. Rams, y'all shouldn't have been there. And look what happened. Very uneventful. Shouts to YG, though. Big Rams fan. Showing support. Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, James Devlin. All the boys getting involved. Chris Hogan looking like a fucking trash bag yesterday. Brady's throws out wide weren't looking that great anyways. Brady was eating them up over the middle. and happy they stuck with it. That's it for another year of football, man. (laughs) Yeah. Long time. August is a long ways away. I'm sure there will be some stories in the offseason. Love Bell, Todd Gurley asking for a trade. Who knows, man? Get one of these guys to Buffalo. Let's get fucking Love Bell to the Colts. Andrew Luck, my new homie. Why not Buffalo, man? Because I got love for the Bills, but it's they need them more. Like they're still so far from no, being Josh Allen's ready. relevant. Okay, so last week we gave out our NFL awards, and combined, we got them all right. So, so shouts to us. Coach of the year, I nailed it. Matt Nagy, defensive player of the year. We both got it. Darius Leonard, easy one. Offensive rookie of the year. There were only two options, so we weren't going to fail. The Ghost nailed it with Saquon's Barkley. Defensive player of the year. The Ghost nailed it. Aaron Donald. Who'd you say? I said Khalil Mack. Mm. But then after you said Aaron Donald, I was like, damn, that's definitely right. (laughs) And MVP, that was an easy one. Patrick Mahomes. So, hey, pays off to listen to the rundown, man. <laughs> How does that pay off? Because you got the news here first. You sounds smart. Yeah. yeah. Yo, you know what I was thinking when I was lying in bed last night? Last year, when there was four quarterbacks left, Tom Brady was by far the best. Yeah. And this year? The three other scrubs. And then this year, he he's the greatest of the four that were left. But his he had the worst numbers on the season. And then uh, he, he won. Yeah. 
craziness. I saw something funny that said, uh, the, remember the Miami Miracle? Yeah. That um, Bill Belichick secretly let them win just to weaken their draft position. Because <laughs> I think they moved up like two or three slots. Um, yeah, like I said, moving over to the NBA, All-Stars were announced and one name, a good friend of the show, hopefully, was left off. Some people don't like the emotions that he let out, man. Yeah, Rudy Gobert, one of our favorite players in the league, you know, plays the right way, not worried about getting his numbers on offense. He's just worried about making the right play every time. Defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, left off the list. And yeah, he started tearing up when they asked him about it and like covered his eyes and walked off. A lot of people calling him soft. If you work your ass off and everyone preaches defense, wins championships and sacrifice this, sacrifice that, and you do all the right things, and then all the coaches reward is fucking offense. Yeah. I could see I could see it being a bummer. And he lost out on a million dollar bonus. If someone gets hurt, hopefully he's the replacement. But yeah, that that was a bummer. It just ain't as sweet to be a replacement when you should have been there over Lamarcus Aldridge or Carl Anthony Towns, no? I would say over Towns because I, I like to reward winning when it comes to all-star selections. I hate how the league flip-flops with that. One year, it's like all about winning and same thing with the MVP. Like, anyways, can you make your case for Luka Doncic? Like, you're one of them fucking guys. Well, you have him on your fantasy team, so obviously you love him. He's your guy. You drafted him as a rookie, but I don't think he deserved it at all. They're 12th in the West. The record isn't there, and I know you always preach you like to reward winning, but Luka Doncic, something he's doing as a teenager... This is just, you don't see it too often, man. And the people we've seen it out of go on to be greats. To be an all-star in such a competitive league as a rookie, I mean, I think he just deserves that honor. But who who are you taking off? Like, who you even said you'd put Gobert in before him, so who are you taking off? i take out one of the big guys, man. Fuck it. If but- Gobert's not going, I would still take out Aldridge or Towns. The Spurs are doing so well. You got to keep you, you have in there. to give them one. Yeah, so it would be Towns. But then you would put Rudy in. No, I'd take him out and put Luca in. And just have a small lineup. <laughs> oh, it's my. the new NBA, man. You don't no, need that many no, you're bigs. Tripping. You don't need that many bigs in the NBA. Utah's Who has in the bigs se- like that? So you want Utah in the seventh seed to have no all stars, but Donkic should go in the, Lu- in the 12th seed? They already have no all stars. Yeah, but I'm saying if you had. No, if- I'm saying go bear over. Yeah, 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 Towns, but also Luca over Towns. Okay, so they fucked up twice, is what I'm saying. Well, I would put Tobias. I go Rudy Gobert first. If someone's coming out, Carl Anthony Towns, and then if someone else is coming out, I'm going Tobias Harris. And right, right behind <laughs> Tobias Harris, I got Donovan Mitchell. I'm Luca. Luca over Mitchell. That's what and, the oh, debate De- we're DeRozan too. DeRozan too. I got like four guys before Luca. And uh, you Bleacher Report drives me doing, crazy. Man. Everyone's on fucking Luca's nuts. They he is be. so sick. But I I actually hate Bleacher Report so much. Yeah, you know? it's tough. It's like a but, fucking fourteen year old sending out all the things with emojis and like yeah. It's like I want to punch whoever sends those notes. No professionality. Out. Is that a word? No, pro- <laughs> no <laughs> professionalism. Professionality. <laughs> One thing we did like about the NBA All-Star announcements, the Lifetime Achievement Award has been added, maybe for this year only, and maybe that's not what they're calling it, but that's what we're calling it. Dirk Nowitzki and D. Wade are going to be there, man. Absolutely love it. Dwayne Wade was getting hella votes to make the team. 
but then he said he didn't want like to be in as some pity shit but this is different he's not taking a slot away from the guys who are deserving of it mm-hmm. uh it's a great way to honor two of the greatest the game's ever seen dirk and wade man those dudes are some they battled in the finals in 2006 pure legends i'm i'm so hyped on that i love adam silver man he's so progressive genius doesn't do everything by the book uh, he he makes the game more enjoyable he's for, the for the fans. He's for the players, man. He's for the players. He's for the fans. Also, the NBA is the toughest out of all the sports, like football and hockey. Each team has a much bigger roster. The NBA has each team has such small rosters, but so many superstars that every year, double digit guys are getting left out that technically are all stars. You know? Yeah. One thing I hope Adam Silver switches for next year or in the next coming years is the t- twenty four best players. And conference shouldn't matter because, mm-hmm. dude, I love Chris Middleton. If they're just gonna do a draft, yeah, they can just. They're gonna do a draft. Like yeah. you know, I love Chris Middleton, but he's not guys one of the, the twenty-four. West we spoke yeah, about everyone yeah. we mentioned should be in the game over Chris Middleton. Uh, Vucevic killing it on yeah. a losing team. D'Angelo, like D'Angelo Russell's an all-star. He has been but, lights out lately. But yeah, but he's he's an Eastern Conference all-star. Absolutely. You know, he he's not a fucking. I forget who some of the other replacements are, but there's some not trash players, but compared to some of the guys snubbed in the West, um, yeah, hopefully they switch it to 24 best. Some more big news in the NBA this week. Kristaps Porzingis had a meeting with the New York Knicks, told him he didn't like the direction, the way the team was going. And later that day, what happened? Bro, that was the quickest turnaround. It was like one notification is Kristaps leaves meeting like unhappy 15 minutes later. Dallas finalizing deal to acquire Chris Stapps. Insanity. That was shocking. But goddamn, if Chris Stapps, like, there's been more reports coming out that New York actually has, like, real concerns about his health long term, not just his knee. And he might be damaged goods. Um, and he, he just wasn't down for their picture of the future. So a lot of New Yorkers are torn. Some of them hate this move. Some of them are looking forward and seeing that, yo, there's this buzz around Kyrie and Durant going to New York. AD, it's on his short list of places he might re-sign. So if they get two max slots next year... Changes everything. Or sorry, if they get the right two, because a lot of people are chirping, like it's been New York's D's to go after LeBron, and instead you end up giving Amari Stoudemire $100 million. Yeah. They keep getting the, the, their, the their B+. Their plan plus B guys. has never been good. Yeah, yeah so, a, so a couple names I've heard is like, if they end up maxing out... Tobias Harris and uh, fuck, I forget who the other one was, but you know, basically some the B plus kind of guys, like all stars but not superstars. Um, mm. This will all be a disaster. <laughs> but if they do get you know any combo of Kyrie Durant and AD, um, they'll be thanking their lucky stars, and then hopefully Kristaps, Kristaps and Luca is gonna be. And then you got DS, you got dope. some other players, DSJ, DeAndre. DeAndre's, I don't think is, he's sticking he, around. Well, he's going to leave? How long is his contract? It was a one-year deal oh, with wow. Dallas. Wow. Yeah, but uh, the DSJ thing's kind of a slap in the face because they drafted Frank Nilakina over him, and yeah. then he's like the big piece. Frank's Obviously, done, the big piece in this was the cap space, but like to get someone that you skipped on the draft as like the main yeah. player for Chris Tapps is kind of fucked. But, it's, uh, it's a very Knicks move. Yeah, only time will tell, and... I, I like cheering for the Knicks. Like the, the You'd one like season, to see them do well. Yeah, when Melo went to the second round that year with Jason Kidd and shit, like that, that was There's dope. There's something about seeing that building, man. It's just uh, a legendary place. 
I think it was last week we got absolutely shredded about the Milwaukee Bucks leaving them off our news for weeks and weeks. <laughs> and uh, Christopher Eicher absolutely ripped us a new one. Talking about Mike Budenhoser taking a dump on Nick Nurse's chest at center court. <laughs> and Chris, it happened, man. And we don't know what to say, but sorry, man. Was Did Lowry play? Do yeah. we have any injury excuses? No, they were there. God Danny Green damn. left the game for a bit, but came back. It wasn't yeah. good. The one thing going through my head watching that game was kind of nightmarish. was, okay, LeBron finally left the East, and he's our boogeyman. Uh, I just couldn't help but think, is Giannis our new LeBron? Like, they're 3-1 uh, and one against us now. Yeah. They and got our number right now. They, they were shitting all over us all game. Like, we cut it to single digits, I think, a couple times in the third and fourth. Mm-hmm. But they were pretty much on cruise control, keeping it around 18 to 20-point lead. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dark day for Raps fans after that game. But... Did you see uh, Bradley Beal's reaction to Giannis's air ball on, on his three? No. That made up for it, man. He ducked for cover. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Giannis got something to work on, man. Yeah, but he did splash it. I think I'm pretty sure I remember him swishing a three in that game as well, which was always scary. Yeah. Well, man, that's going to wrap up another episode. Wait, you forgot about the huge news, man. Fucking... Rodney Hood to the Blazers. Yeah, so that's going to wrap up episode <laughs> four, season eight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Big shouts to our sponsors. Hell yeah. Fuck, unfortunately, this is coming out one day before the trade deadline, but uh, we'll have plenty of basketball news next week. Peace, y'all. Peace. Peace.